Hello everyone and welcome to Flawless, a music podcast. My name is Liam and I'm here with my co-host Grant. Hello there music fans. And George. Hello there music lovers. Fans and lovers of music as are we all. And one day maybe team music. And one day maybe we, team music. One of you, one of you say time. something to us about team music and we will hold on to that name for dear life. I like it. Yeah. See if there's it's any kind of response at all. Any response. Team music, thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. Cool. Each episode of Flawless, a host or a guest nominates an album that they think is flawless and we discuss how they discovered it, what they love about it and what makes it flawless for them. We have a Facebook group. It's called Flawless Friends and Family and it's where we discuss all things music that we love and that you love and we post in there about upcoming episodes and what albums are nominated, except not this time. So apologies for that. You can find the link in our show notes. And of course, being a podcast, we have a Patreon. You can back us from as little as $1 a month, but there is no upper limit. Mm. There's a cap on how many us. people can do it. There is a cap about yep. how many people. It is uh, 500 million. 500 and million. we are reaching, we're very close to that number. So that capacity you're interested now. in getting peak, there. That epic peak of yes. it's like being cut yeah. out of the flawless love. There's like a scientific, Early there's like, love. There's like a scientific name for it. It's like the flawless peak or something. That if yeah. we hit that, we just, it's, yeah. Flawless, flawless FOMO. Paid it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Half a mil. Let's win up a bit. Yeah. Sorry, 500 mil. 500 million, yes. It's going up. So, you know, Patreon keep expanding it for us. Sure. But we keep hitting that cap. So jump in if you can. Uh, You can back us from as little as $1 a month and you get early access to our episodes, access to our bonus episodes, and that warm, fuzzy feeling inside that you're helping us spread the flawless love. You can find us at patreon.com slash flawlessampp. So, Liam. Thanks, everybody. Welcome to the episode. Thank you. And you already know what album we're covering. However, yeah. I want Liam to be really enthusiastic you did about say this. dropping this album. So, yes, it is my turn to nominate an album. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to bring this album to you. Mostly, so I think over time, as the three of us have been nominating albums, we've possibly gravitated towards albums that we think the other two might find flawless. To get them across the line. Yeah, we're, we're keen. An angle. Know, oh, not, I literally not, don't care about you guys at all. Yeah, I just bring sure. what I like. It's not going to be a big deal, but you know, we'd like to introduce each other to albums that we think they'd like or that we think you'll find flawless. Correct. I have nominated this album in the opposite spirit of that, in that I would be very, very surprised if either of you find this album flawless. <laughs> Not to say that it isn't, the, because it is. There's a reverse psychology thing that's no. going on. I feel no, like I'm being I, baited. He's a trickster. I'm not, no, not, not baiting, <laughs> not going to bat. Um, I've nominated an album that breaks a bunch of rules that we've all set out. It definitely does. For being flawless. It def- well, at least one big rule. Yes. Yeah, it's not a and best of compilational soundtracks. No, so, it's not that. Yeah. I, would, I definitely wouldn't break that rule, but I've definitely broken soundtrack. a few of my other yes. rule, quote marks rules. And what are those rules for us? Well, we'll, the get, to, we'll get to okay. them when the, we get yeah. to them. Okay. But you'll find out why I nominated it anyway, despite the fact that it breaks all of those rules. Uh, so the album that I'm nominating today is from the Fun Loving Criminals. It's their debut album, Come Find Yourself. Yeah, you did. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you brought that from February 1996. Mm-hmm. What a year. So but was... you weren't listening to music in February 96, were you? You were listening to like AM radio or something. Yes. Yeah. So I, yeah, back in 95 and 96, my, my proper musical evolution began 97 mm-hmm. with uh, the discovery of Triple J and the Triple J Hottest 100. And, um, well, which I discovered in late 97 from the Hottest 100 of 1996. And then the reason I know this band at all is because Scooby Snacks was on the Triple J soundtrack for the Hottest 100. So, so before Pulp Fiction? No, no, no. no. This was well after Pulp Fiction. This is, I think Pulp Fiction is like 92 or 93 or something. Oh, Maybe a bit, really? more, a bit later. But I, mean, I remember mid- watching it in high school yes. and not getting it. I t- and in, 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 Fair. Uh, yeah, I've seen Quentin it since Tarantino then. Quentin Tarantino and me, not friends. So I actually like his films now. Okay. As a person, you know, he can you know, do whatever. That's fine. That's a whole separate thing. I like his films. And I do like Pulp Fiction now. Okay. I, um, 
I have a better understanding. I'm not going to say I understand film. I have a better understanding of yes. cinema and what it's trying to do and that sort of thing. But in the when I was in like 95 and watching it in high school, because I remember we had a bunch of friends over to have like a movie night and we watched that one. And I yeah, I kept waiting for... Like I knew it was supposed to be super amazing and I was like, I kept waiting for that super amazing thing to happen and it never really did for me no. when I was in grade 11. I'm with you. So, enough. Yeah, but that's However, how I discovered this band. They uh, reflected their love of Tarantino in the Scooby Snacks yes. video. Yes. So, well, so these guys, so the the Fun Love and Criminals at the time were Huey Morgan on yes, vocals, vocals and guitar, mm-hmm. Brian Leiser or Liza, basically doing lots of other stuff. Yeah. And then Steve Borgovini on drums and percussion. Yeah. And then they had the few. Um, so, yeah. So, so Brian did the bass, guitar, bass, sorry, keyboard, trumpet, harmonica, and anything else. He does, yeah. yeah. So he's like oh, their wow. big multi instrumentalist. Yeah. Um, and he's called Brian. And he's so called he needed to do Brian. something. Yeah. <laughs> Spectacular, <laughs> right? Yeah. So these three guys and the lineup has evolved over time as well, but they're, they love they love gangster stuff. They're hugely into like the New York gangster. Martin Scorsese, Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Goodfellas, who Mafia, they, Pesci yeah. and Good and De Niro, who they both name check in this album. Yes, over the course of the album, um, yeah, they King love King of the, New the, York. The, is sorry, the King of New York. <laughs> the King of New York, Frank Gotti, who we'll talk about later on as one Literally of the songs. Literally an entire song. Yeah, that's yes. it. So, <laughs> and, you know, it's about song. robbing banks, and it's about and you know the opening song is called "The Fun Loving Criminal." Yeah. And my friend Rob always said that the the album should have been called "The Fun Loving Criminals" because then the song could have been. Fun Love and Criminal by the Fun Love and Criminals from Fun Love and Criminals. Criminals. But they didn't do they didn't go down that way. But yeah, the whole point of it is that like it they love that gangster culture. And we'll talk a bit more about where Huey's background comes from mm-hmm. as well. But they also realise how silly it is, the gangster lifestyle. They're all it's just fun to them. Like it's not mm-hmm. about like serious killing and death and robbery and that sort of stuff. Like it's all just not mucking around, but they take it all really lighthearted and it's all fun and it's funny. And you know, and they even talk about that in some of the songs and stuff like that as well. Like they're not taking that stuff seriously. And they had um I read an interview where they said I read so many interviews with them over the last few days, but one of the ones which I didn't even write down the quote was like they arrived and then people started doing more research into them and they found out they weren't actually real gangsters. They're like, like, sorry, sorry, we're not actually gangsters. We just think gangsters are fun and cool and but in, but in a kind of silly way, not in like a, oh, we idolize them kind of way. Just mm. in this. And uh, so why do you dress like gangsters? Why, you know, we want to dress like, we want to dress cool on stage too because our mums might see us. So it's just like, <laughs> this, this is the thing is like, they, cool. they don't take themselves incredibly seriously, seriously yeah. at all. No. Like it's just this, it's just a good time for them. And so this was how I discovered them. So I heard Scooby Snacks, then I heard Fun, yes. Love and Criminal on the radio and that was enough for me to get the album. And yeah, it was one of the first albums that I'd ever bought. So this is a compact disc back in those days. Yes. Really? So yep, you did like an HM, like from a HMV or something. So it would have been 97, yeah. Like Sanity. a Brashes or a Sanity or a HMV or something Don't like that. Yeah, so it would have got nice. the CD. Um, and one thing before we go too far as well is also that I had to tell you guys to make sure you were listening to the right version of the yes. album. Yes. Yeah. Which I was and you were Which, too. Yeah, I did. because the regular version of the album ends on... Uh, Methodonia, mm-hmm. which I don't like as an end song. I like okay. I, I never even knew that was the last song. Okay. I always knew the album as being all the way through to Coney Island Girl. So there's two bonus tracks on the Australian edition. Yeah, um, I can't get with that the Schmoove version. There's and also an extended version with there another is now, like yes. five tracks. Yes. So mm. I had to make a whole new playlist going from the. Um, fun loving criminal down to Coney Island girl right as a separate playlist yeah. that I could listen to because otherwise the extended one made me listen it to keeps five going. more yeah, songs yeah me too and there's like a three disc version available as well like they they found all their stuff and they put it they're <laughs> just like when they they had all this stuff and they're like when we put the album out we, nobody cared so we didn't do anything with it and now it's like 20 years later and people have been clamoring for 20 years saying we want this stuff and they're like okay we'll put it out there you say nobody cared. So in the US Billboard chart, mm-hmm. this only went to 144. Yes. yes. However, in Scotland, mm-hmm. it went to number five. Yes. And in the UK, it went to seven. Australia, yes. 62. 62. Mm-hmm. So they weren't loved in the US. Yeah. Yet no. everyone else heard them and went, 
Yeah, we'll buy yeah. it. I think when I say nobody cared, I mean more like if they put out a three disc version at the time it came out, people oh, would yeah. be like, this is ridiculous. Why are you, you know, wankers putting out three disc versions? Whereas mm. now they've got 20 years of history with it. And they and got putting to it out. put it out on EMI yes. and got a lot of backing and a lot of money to do Yes, it. which they needed because the original version of the album didn't sound anything like this at all. They are huge samplers. So especially Brian, who puts a lot of the music and the structure of the songs and stuff together, yeah. he w- he just loves sampling. He just loves all the old school, like soul, rock, funk and hip hop. And he was just getting samples of stuff that he was listening to and people you know, people were playing records for him. He was like, oh, I love that. And he'd oh, grab it and he'd just throw it on there. And he just handed EMI this album, which was like seven or eight samples per song. <laughs> like, you know, even if it just had a bass line and he didn't worry about playing the bass line, he'd just like, oh, I just love that bass line. Just grab it and put it in. Don't yeah. worry about playing it. I'm just going to throw it in there. Yeah. And EMI were like, no, we're not, we can't, you, we don't know, you know, you're not known. First album, we can't put out an album that's like, we can't go around and find, try and clear seven samples per song for you. Mm. Play the freaking parts yourselves, guys. You're, yeah. you're, you can play these instruments, play the instruments. Yes. And then, yeah. Which is reminiscent of a previous episode when we talked about the Go Team. Mm. And the Go Team's first album had the first iteration was like 90% samples. Yeah. And then they had to go and recreate the music to actually release the album because mm. it would have been prohibitive to do. Mm. Um, but So they had a six-track DAT tape. So the, the quote I saw was a six-track DAT tape that got frontman Huey and the other two signed him. I was never going to see the light of day. Phil Collins, Cream, Gary Wright, Van Halen and The Doors had all been loaded up into the, this workstation for Huey to rap over and there was no way the budget would ever involve clearing. Wow. So they just, they, and that's like, like reading the stuff of the songs, that's like a small part. Of, yeah. They yep. just, they didn't care how big the person was or the band was. They were You're just like, I, I want I love it. Blip. Uh, in there. Well, Jeez. in King of New York, um, the trumpet line actually comes from Richard Strauss's track on 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm. And like, but he plays the trumpet, so it's not sampled. Um, but it's, just ripped from that. Yeah. So whether they've paid for it, I don't know. I, th- oh, I think they. I probably think they probably would have. And he probably didn't play it. They probably would have sampled it. So the um, okay. there's a guitar line on the opening song, "Fun Level Criminal," yeah. which I'll talk a bit more about. Um, but he says that on that one, we sampled Gary Wright on the demo. The guy from Dreamweaver. He wanted to see the lyrics before he'd clear it, and we knew he'd never go for it, so we just recreated it. He just re they just redid it. But the horn line that happens in the chorus yeah. is actually reveal or revile R E V E I double L E. It's a classic military bugle call, and it's public domain, so they didn't have to worry about. It. They just oh, so wow. so they just took it and yes. they like he can play it, and they play it when they play it live and everything. Yeah, but he was just they were. This this album combines a lot lot of different genres, but definitely the way he approached it. The original version was very much in the style of hip hop, which is you grab all those different samples and mm. you bring stuff in from all over different places, and then you lay vocals over the top. And it wasn't; it was almost like EMI going, "Like, no, no, be more of a band than a, yes. than a hip hop producer and, and go and mixer, do your thing." Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, have you seen Fun Love? I have seen them definitely twice. I think maybe three times, but definitely twice. I saw them at a big day out a couple of years after this album came out, mm-hmm. like way up on a backstage, and nobody knew who they were. It was really cool. Wow. Um, sort of, yeah, it was really like it was. There was people there. I, I see, and I say nobody. You know, there it was people there. And it was they it, weren't main stage. It wasn't though, nobody, but it was. Yeah, yeah, they weren't headlining main stage yeah. or playing in the dark or anything. Um, and that was really cool. But they there is only three of them, and there's way more than three parts per song. So a lot of the stuff gets sampled. Sure. And then the second time I saw them, even more of the stuff got sampled. So the acoustic guitar that opens up the album, you, oh, everyone would have yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't play that live. Oh, I no. really, which is really disappointing because it's such <laughs> it's a cool really melody. Disappointing. But that, like, it's such a small part of everything that comes later. So when Huey's singing it, he's playing the electric guitar as well. Yeah. And then Frank is doing the trombone. He'll do the trumpet live and the harmonica live. Yeah. And play the bass and keys. Yes. So he's okay. doing a lot of stuff. So there is like, short of getting a six-person touring band. Yeah. Like, and I guess with their style being so sample heavy. They would never go, oh, let's get six people to play six different instruments. It's always going to be, there's three of us, we'll do whatever and we'll use backing tapes mm. for the rest and that sure. sort of thing. Cool. George, yeah. had you ever heard of the Fun Loving Criminals before I dropped them into the group chat? I had definitely heard Fun Loving Criminals. I'd heard this record because oh, cool. um, when, I, when it came out, 
I was like 11 mm-hmm. um, and I was hanging out with the weed smoking skater boys. Nice. So, um, yeah. So, basically, um, you listen to this. Yeah. It was very popular <laughs> in yeah. the UK. So, I didn't own it, definitely heard it. Um, sampled in skate videos as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like when we used to just sit around and they were hotboxing yeah. and <laughs> watching skate videos, I would be like, oh, it's a fun living criminal song. Blah, blah, blah. So it definitely um, knew of them to the point where in 1999, they were playing at Reading Music Festival with the likes of Blur and Pavement, Offspring, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and etc. And they were playing on the Saturday night on the main stage, but they were third from the top. That's pretty good. Mm, so yeah, yeah. Mm. it really on Saturday night. Main on Saturday day. night. Yeah, yeah. Main and stage, third from the top. It was it was them, Catatonia, the Welsh band, if nice. you remember it's them, and then headlined by Blur. Cool. Yeah, I think their second album got a lot of attention too. Like that, it was. I think it was more pure funk and soul sort of stuff, but it's still really good. I still love their second album, mm. but it was, um, yeah, I think that got a bit of attention as well. Cool. Um, so did you see them when, when you said they were playing? Did you see them? Yes, because there wasn't anyone on at the same time. Do you remember so much about the show? Very little. Really? <laughs> I remember you were very 11. little. Mm. Or what, you know, uh, so or whatever I was 14 yeah. and um, I was obviously drunk by that point. Yeah. <laughs> and my main purpose for being at Reading was to see Blur. Mm-hmm. So um, it was all about Blair. So um, I was mainly in the crowd so I could wheedle my way through, mm-hmm. make, try hard not to listen to Catatonia. Um, don't like Catatonia? No, I don't. Okay. Um, but they were on before Blur, mm-hmm. and I had to get to the front because mm-hmm. I was going to marry Damon Albarn. <laughs> of course. So in order for him to know he was marrying me. to see you. First. He had to see me in the front row. In the front row. So, yeah, so I got completely smooshed. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so I definitely saw them that I don't worry about anything. Cool. I will just quickly say as well, unfortunate that it hasn't happened yet. Still could happen. You've, you've still got opportunity to marry Damien Arban. But also, if he had seen a 14-year-old front row and gone, that's the girl I'm going to marry, I would have a little less respect <laughs> for Damien Arban. Well, yeah, I, don't, I don't like musicians who see 14-year-olds see- and go... Yeah. Um, yeah, but I that's never. Gonna be more I'm, in, I'm in there. I did not get ID once at that <laughs> festival for the record, so people definitely thought I was over twenty-one. Nice. There you go. And all my friends were over twenty-one, <laughs> so it was totally fine. Anyway, Grant. Yes. Had you heard of the fun-loving criminals? Potentially just Scooby Snacks, maybe. No, I, I, I'd probably heard the album before, but oh, certainly um, nice. not paid attention to it. Scooby Snacks, of course. Uh, Fun Loving Criminals opening track, mm-hmm. very familiar. Nice. Um, so yeah, it was. Oh, I, thought it it was might be, I thought I might be catching you guys by surprise. No, 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 no. I certainly heard. I don't know if I listened to the whole album through, but you know, I finished school. This is my last year at school, mm-hmm. um, and so I feel like this was uh, first year university, ninety seven, ninety eight, yep, ninety nine. Someone's got it in its background music, and mm. people might be smoking bongs or yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, hotboxing things just randomly. Um, so yes, I had heard a lot of the songs, and mm. certainly Scooby Snacks and, and um, Fun Loving Criminals itself. Yeah, it was which would have been good. I think go back to Fun Loving Criminals, by the Fun Loving Criminals on the <laughs> on album. Fun it would have been good. Eh? That would have been very cool. Um, do you know what Huey's doing now, George? I thought I'll ask you because he's in the UK. Uh, no, well, I'm not in the UK, no, Liam. But he's been in the UK. He's been in the UK for ten years. And I've been in Australia for nine. Right. Okay. So, so we had a one-year crossover. One-year crossover. And I think it's ten years. I might. I might I be making that up. I, I didn't meet him. Wasn't sure what to look for. Cause yeah. Sure. The <laughs> last time I knew what Huey looked like was in the Scooby Snacks video. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So doesn't look like that anymore. Um, sure. So he's got a radio show on BBC. Oh really? Where he plays old school funk, soul, and hip hop. Yay! stuff every week from like 9 till 12 on a Saturday and there was like a there was a thing of a um, like they had a description of his process so he sits down on Monday and writes down like in a notebook he like hand writes out the songs he wants to do and then he goes down he's got a studio in his basement so he goes down and he records all his interludes for it and then cuts it all together and sends it to the BBC because the BBC have to make sure he doesn't swear because he wants to swear all the time and he's just like can't swear <laughs> but it's that that whole process ends up taking the week and then they play it on the Saturday and then he, he starts again but he's had that show for years to the extent that even 
when we were in um, Scotland for New Year's one year, yeah. we went to the, like their New Year's event. One of the advertised acts was Huey DJing stuff. Wow. Um, cool. Which I tried to get to, except it turns out when they plan the Edinburgh Hogmanay New Year's event, they don't plan for people moving to places. So literally, we spent like two hours just wedged in one spot. Infrastructure was just horrendous. Like, like yeah. we, just, we couldn't move. Like literally, like it took us an hour to get like 100 meters down the thing. And we're supposed to go like 200 meters in an upper corner. And then it just, you couldn't, you literally couldn't move. Walk. It was, yeah, yeah, just walking. Like Not you in a car. No, 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 no. Oh. It's just like, it's just so... It's the same in Ireland. Yeah. In Ireland at New Year's, you just can't get anywhere. You have to find your spot in a pub by 8 p.m. or mm. you are screwed. Yeah, so we... we we were in Edinburgh anyway, and we were like, oh, we'll go to this event. There was a couple yeah. of bands that we knew, and we, luckily one of them was really early, so we got there early enough so to that be able one. to get to that stage. And, and was I was like, oh, okay, we'll be over there. Huey's playing in like 90 minutes. I was like, oh, it looks a bit crowded. We might have to start making our way over there. And then for an hour, we made it like 50 metres. And then everyone's, you know, talking to each other, and of course everyone's pushing each Like eventually someone just goes, I'm sick of this, and just goes, boom, and barrels through, which sets everybody back, and it's all and just people aren't happy. both directions and, and up and down. Cold. Mind yeah, you. yeah, it's Scotland in Christmas in the middle of the night. It's, yeah, freezing yeah. and, yeah. I mean, everyone's rugged up, which sure. probably yeah. takes up like twice as much space there yeah. <laughs> as it would if everyone was Australian festival. Sure. Not if so, you're yeah. actually Scottish, though. No, that's right. So I didn't get to see Huey play, unfortunately. So Aww. one day maybe I will be able to. But yeah, he, yeah, he plays. Um, that's cool. And that leads us to one quick fact which before we jump into some songs, mm. which is this band's a little bit crazy. Like, it's crazy that a band that does this kind of stuff has been as popular as they have mm-hmm. and the kind of stuff that they do and they sample huge amounts on stage. The craziest thing about them, though, might be Huey left the band in 2021. So Huey, the lead singer, is no longer in the Fun Love and Criminals. I saw that. Weird. They're still, they're still going. They still play. They still So Frank, so Brian, sorry, yeah. does everything now. So he does all those instruments and he does all of Huey's rapping as well. Uh, how, well no. Yeah. I, I watched a video of it. It's not good. I don't. I don't like it. It's not. He's not like. He's not. He's not a hip hop person. Like yeah, he's yeah. a multi instrumentalist nerdy dude. Yeah. With yeah. Who likes to fill around with samples and stuff. He's not a like a hip hop rapping guy. But they were just like. I think what happened. They came out of COVID, and I think the impression I got was that they were like, Huey's got his radio show which he kept going during COVID. So he's just like his income's been fine. And the rest of the band's like, hey, we've been fucked for two years. Can Proper. we get out and play some shows and do some stuff? And he was like, no, I think I'm good. I think, I, I think I can just have my income here. And they're like, well, we're not getting any income here. We, can we do something? He's like, well, maybe I just won't worry about it. Oh. So, well, maybe you can confirm. So of all the bands, yes, if you'd like to confirm. But yeah, yeah I, the write-ups that I saw suggested that was that there was just a little bit of friction there over presumably them wanting to get going again and him yeah. being like, COVID mm. and I can keep recording stuff in my basement and make a living and yeah. I'm, I'm happy with I'm that. I'm okay. But like, Oh, there's a lot of bands that you would go if the lead singer leaves the That's band it. would be over and I would put these guys on that list I would have put these guys on the list until 2021 and when it turns out it happened and it's still really making it and it's weird. still surviving yeah and they played they played um, there's a video on YouTube of like an entire set from last year for them playing Poland Rock Festival okay heaps of people Scooby Snacks huge massive you know big crowd at a festival going all the way Go back on. dancing around they've got a night like they're on the main stage it's like a they got the dusk set, I think. They, yeah. It's light oh, when they yeah. start and then dark by the time they finish. finish. Everyone Love is it. still into it. Wow. It's like, that's wow. insane to me. But So um, I'll ask you, you've had this since like a year after it came out. Yes. And you loved it. Yeah. Did you think it was flawless when you first heard it? Good question. I probably, I mean, I, just, I would say in as much as I was thinking about being albums being flawless back then, yes. Mm-hmm. Because I would listen to it on a loop. And that's why I said that it was, it's important to listen to this version for me. Yeah, sure. Because you've got to end on Coney Island Girl yeah. and then loop back around to Fun Love. And I used to, yeah, because I didn't have that many albums. So the ones I had, I listened to listen to on repeat. Cool. And in those yeah. days, it was like a big function on, on a CD player. It was the, yeah, I hit that repeat. You, you repeat yeah. Because mm-hmm. you, and you just, it, could you just go. it would just keep going. You could go anywhere, right? Yeah. And so we, as a group, have been going for around five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So why this album? Why now? I don't know. I just, yeah, I, it just, it was on my shortlist, I think. And um, yeah, it was just something that came into my head as like something like a little bit different. But you don't that think nominated. that we will agree with. You've broken your mould of trying to get one across but the line. But now we 
surprised you by both having well, heard it before. That was that wasn't I'm I, sure I, thought, I thought you might have heard of it because of Scooby Snacks, but yeah. I was yeah, Grant, I would surprise you you'd heard yeah. maybe they're bigger than I, I know people don't but, think about them very much now, so maybe they were bigger at the time and then they sort of flowed away quite quickly. But yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah, I had no particular reason why I'm picking them now. Fair enough. Um, so let's talk about the fun loving yes. criminal, the, the song that opens. Well, Super that's cool. like the iconic opening guitar. Riff, yes, right? yes, beautiful acoustic. Yeah, <laughs> you just hear it. And you're like, yeah, yeah I'm already out the chorus. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so rock clubs would play it. Yeah, you'd stand there and you'd sing along, but mm-hmm. it would be when you go to the bar. So um, it wasn't a dance track, mm, no. but it was definitely a rock club a fun, track. A fun bop sort of stuff. Yeah. So, being able, yeah, you can't so dance necessarily to it that much. No, so people, like a DJ would play it when they knew that the crowd needed a rest. Mm, and yeah. so they could get off the dance floor, um, but they could all sing along with the chorus and yeah. um, enjoy themselves. Yeah. So yeah, so it's got it's got a nice early harmonica too, which is really sure cool. Does. comes in super early. Mm-hmm. And then the trumpets, which we talked about in mm-hmm. the chorus. Um, but it's got... Um, the line, which I, which I, this is a, this is a long line, but the end of it is basically why I love this album. One of the reasons I love this album so much. Everybody knows. Everybody knows fat birds. I would love to get a tattoo of just like everybody knows fat birds <laughs> and, like, and like a fat pigeon or something just on top of it. Nice. And that's like right up. So you could you could go into this album going, oh, freaking criminals. They're, they're glamorizing criminal culture and gangster culture. Yeah. And it's like within the first, because that's the first verse yeah. of the song or just about, mm. he's already gone, no, no, I don't take myself seriously. We don't take it. None of, we're not taking any of this seriously. We love gangster culture and the movies and the music and Godfather and all that sort of stuff, but we don't take any of it seriously. So do not, you know, don't come out Please. like, oh, you're glamorizing well, or yeah. whatever. I picked a different lyric, mm-hmm. um, shorter, but I got so much flavor that I'll always leave you chewing. I got so many styles, you'll be thinking I'm from the UN. And I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> this is your opening track on the Daily Album. And yeah. you're like, you're going to think I'm from the UN, <laughs> motherfuckers. Um, and I was like, I'd not paid attention. So listening to this album all those years ago, mm-hmm. I'd not actually deep dive into any of it. It was just passive music for me. Um, but like actually yeah, reading the lyrics and stuff, I was like, oh my God, yeah. that's hilarious. So um, yeah, loved it. Yeah. And then even in the very first line, one of the very first lines is like, I rob banks, I pull pranks, sometimes I eat franks. <laughs> like like just it's just a fun they're not, just a fun lyric well, a fun, a fun line. criminals right yeah like and, it's and that's it I yeah that's probably it so they they're singing yeah about what they are mm. and that so yeah so that's that's like the fun love criminal song is like one of my top ten probably favorite songs I just love it wow top I just 10. love it it's just okay. so much fun and it's it cool it's a great it's introduction fun. to them it's got great instrumentation all the way through it like I said I think it wasn't until I was doing the research and that I realized just how much they'd sampled and had planned to sample versus mm. then having to go back and re-record some of that stuff. So mm. really cool lines all the way through it. And like a sing-along chorus is has got harmonies, so it's like for everyone. Yeah, and they, they play the harmonica and the trumpet live, which is really cool to watch to see okay. that at least. Sweet. Which is always good value. Love a good harmonica. Mm. Mm. So, and it's littered throughout. They, he does, yeah, he, he does, does a lot of harmonica. So, yeah. Um, Brian is the only actually original member left in the band now. So with Huey gone. So um, where's Steve then? So Steve left the band in 1999. And then Frank Ben Beanie has been doing drums and backing vocals since 2003. So he picked up, Mm -hmm. I think. So I think they had might have been on a break then and he picked up when they started again. And then um, since Huey left, they've got a new guy named Cortazzi who plays the guitar. So he plays all of Huey's guitar parts. And uh, yeah. has a bit more of the flashy guitar style than Huey. Like Huey, because he was always singing as well, his guitar stuff was quite straightforward. Um, whereas this guy's got a bit more flashy guitar, but that's all in quote marks that he does. It's not He's not doing the lyrics as well. Mm. So yeah, and we talked about their, their love of culture as well. The gangster culture it also goes through to their videos. So all of their videos are like inspired by... 
Martin Scorsese. They've got one where they do robbing banks. It's based on like Heat, the movie. Heat, oh yeah, I remember like that. Robert De Niro. Yes. Um, and Al Pacino. And Al Pacino. And Val yeah. Kilmer. Yeah. 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 Really, really awesome. So you know movie. the movie. So I've yeah, watch um, it. Like usual. It's a huge scene, right? Yeah. <laughs> like twenty minutes worth of. Um, usual suspects, you know, gangster sort of stuff in that, like getting arrested and put in the lineup by the cops and that sort of thing. So yeah, they just love. But it's the same thing when like when you do it, it's almost like they're really satirizing as well as paying homage to that sort of stuff. Like yeah. they're, they're mucking around. I don't think it's disrespectful. It's not, it was not, I don't, they don't, I don't receive it as, as their intention to be disrespectful mm. to the culture or anything. It's yeah, acknowledgement thereof and making, and having a bit of fun. Yeah. And yeah. passive aggressive. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can go straight into passive aggressive, sure, I mean, which is like, I, I thought, cause I obviously didn't know anything about music back then. I thought I was a musical genius when I realized that passive and aggressive were also two parts of the music, the instrumentation of the song, that it starts really quiet and soft being passive oh. and then it gets aggressive. And yeah. I'm like, man, I figured that out and I'm six, I'm like 18 and I'm the best. You're, only, <laughs> you're winning at life. Yeah, because yeah, it goes from the spoken vocals and stuff into that big chorus trumpet gang vocals. Mm-hmm. Love gang vocals. Yeah. Um, but that cheeky little electric guitar riff at the beginning mm-hmm. into those sort of like trip hop, yeah Mm -hmm. um just sounds really good it's awesome and then um in the chorus when he says boom there's actually a sample of an explosion like boom and there's like this crumpling explosion sound behind them just like stuff like that there's just like well we could we could and no one you know there's no reason not to so why wouldn't you just if it's very sample heavy why wouldn't you just throw it in there yeah that's fair um but then that's that song is also a bit about like like as much as they also sing fun stuff, it's also that's one of the songs that talks about being beaten down by the system. Correct. And you can't fight back, and, and that I've sort of got thing. that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you you can't boom with a bullshit system. Yeah. And you can't fix a man when he's broke. Mm-hmm. And then it goes. So I've got the, I've got the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. But my favorite lyric in that one, which is another one, which I think is talking about like their style, is where he goes. Just like, I know it's tough being hard and politically correct, but not being like, so I'm not going to be politically correct. It's like, no, no, I'm still going to be, you know, politically correct. I'm still, I'm still going to, you know, take people's feelings into account and say nice things and not hate people for not for no reason. But I know that it's tough trying to represent and be hard. And also do that stuff, which I think is really cool. And they're representing the little guys, the hard-grafting mm. criminals out there that are doing things like graffiti. Yes, as they are bombing the L. Bombing the L train. <laughs> oh, man. That bombing was the L, bombing literally the L. opening with the sample of them shaking a graffiti can. Yeah. La, like getting ready to damage that mm-hmm. L train. So uh, that brought back so many memories of the same weed smoking skate kids that used to go and to the bus yard at mm-hmm. night and go and like tag the buses. Tagging. Yeah. Like it was, I never did it because I thought the artist. You, oh, you heard about it. I, heard, I watched. And you witnessed it. Witnessed because I wanted to be pseudo cool. Um, but I never Maybe. did it because that was defacing public property. Mm. Um, and I didn't want to break Taxpayers' property. Yeah, whereas Communal, these guys, there is really rushing vocals in it, mm-hmm. which I like. And I'm guessing that the Lord I Can't Change, is that a sample yeah. that he sings over? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's another sample later on with... Yeah, is another sample... Like someone, he was at someone's house and they were playing him like old school Scar or reggae records or something and he just heard this guy's voice doing that and he's like, oh, I can use that. It's like, this is, this is how they wrote like this entire <laughs> album. It's just like just hearing stuff that, that people were doing yeah. and just going, oh, I can do something out of that. But I, um, he's a big name dropper in his in his rap. And often too, like to sometimes people, is like he'll drop a name. And I'm like, I don't know who that person is. But he does one in this one, which I did know who it is. So I'm going to do that. Yes. Where he says, caught more heat than a river in August. Never spilled the beans when the cops finally caught us. All my liquid assets are flowing like a stream and my fingers are faster than Ingvi Malmsteen. Who is like a really famous, like f- f- massive, speedy, fast guitar yeah. guitar guy. And he's just like, I'm just going to drop this guy. Yeah. Name drop. Yeah. Name drop this awesome guitarist guy. My fingers are faster than him. Like, 
cheesy, like the kind of cheesy yeah. hip hop that just I just get a smile every time he does that sort of stuff. It's really cool. Awesome. And we just skipped over Grave and the Constant and Scooby Snacks, are we? Yeah. So, and smoke them, guys. Three yes. courts of glory, right? All so. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Grave and the Constant was one that uh, is an interesting one. That was the first single, wasn't it? Was it? Yes, yeah, single. Was yes, the first, correct. That was the first single. Yeah, which single, is so, yeah. so weird. Right, that's, that's not a first. Yeah, it's so not like a first Scooby single. Like Scooby Snacks, yes. I always thought was their first single. That's the yeah, thing that makes good. me think of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but it's a. It was one of the first ones that they laid down, and it's actually a true story from Huey, where he was actually a criminal and running drugs and stuff on the streets, and the judge was like, "You can join the Marines, or I can put you in prison." And he was like, "All right, I'll I'll join the Marines." Wow. And he went overseas and did tours oh. and stuff. Wow! And that's where he comes. So that's where a lot of his the man gets you down, like, you know, returning veterans, people like that, like just stuff that people should be looked after. We haven't got that right yet, huh? Yeah. So it's just, yeah, a lot of the stuff that he's seen over there. So, um, yeah, he was arrested for selling cocaine in a stolen car and decided to to join the army afterwards. Decided to join the army or he was somewhat forced. Was he expelled or asked to leave? I mean, No, 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 no. Like that was was what led to him joining the army. He had to join the army under direction or Or he was going to prison, yeah. Yeah. But I think even that, like, just was like that was where he, I think he left the life of actual crime behind, where he was like, yeah. okay, I don't want to be in front of a judge Enough and have to make that decision <laughs> yeah. again. Like, yeah. let's just be. I can sing about stuff instead and not be. And a, that's a big thing as well. I mean, like to go and join the army. Like, you're in trouble. You go to jail. Yeah. Not so cool. Army, probably also not so cool. Yeah. But more freedom. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like, kind of exactly. Mm-hmm. And people are going to shout at you. Yeah. Well, kids got chops. Yes. Hasn't he? So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. So that's a bit more of like a soul and funk, a bit more straightforward. But a yeah. lot of the songs take a lot of those genres and then layer sort of hip hop stuff over the top, which is like all his vocals are in that mold. And I like how he says. Yeah, and a that nice outro as well. It yeah, was yeah. Sort of that slow funk, yeah, sort of, yeah groovy mm. rhythm sort Top of thing. Of yeah, guitar and I don't know what's going on. Mm. That's sweet. And then I guess Scooby Snacks. Yes, we should definitely talk about. We should definitely talk about it. Do we? Because in the video, they're bank robbers, mm-hmm. but they are also playing to a bunch of elderly people in a lounge bar, yeah. which is the cutest thing. And they do little like Buddy Holly moves mm-hmm. and stuff across the stage. Just no qualms about what their influences and what they're you know paying homage to ever. Mm. Like they're just pure out now. Like, yep, this is the stuff that we love. This is stuff we think, and even sometimes stuff that we thought might have been cool when we were kids. Is like that's what we're we're sort of homaging now, but it does contain some samples as we spoke earlier about mm-hmm. Mr. Tarantino. So obviously, in the way that they were putting this album together, you know, Brian heard some stuff and was like, "Yeah, these would work." He was putting this this song together and that was playing in the background. He's like, "Oh, I can just grab some samples from that, throw it on there." So there's a couple from Reservoir Dogs and one from Pulp Fiction, <clears throat> and then they were like, Brian was like. Quentin Tarantino takes the things that he loves from the past and molds them into new things. So he's going to understand, like he's going to give us the license for this, right? <laughs> and they was like, Quentin Tarantino was like, yeah, you're going to have the license, but you've got to give me co-songwriting credit because I wrote the words that are in the yeah. sample to do the thing, sure. which means now that every time that song gets played on the radio, Quentin Tarantino gets paid. That's like, funny. So the band weren't super, they, they were, I think they were kind of hoping Quentin might be a bit cool. Like, yeah, you can have it. Just because, just for nothing. Yeah. But he was like, "No, you can have it, but it's you've got to give me the songwriting credit as well." So they ended up, um, yeah, doing it. So they lose a cut every time it's played, and it says like number one song. Mm. That's right. That's that's where I got this quote from. From but one minute before, Huey was writing this tongue-in-cheek story about something pretty serious about like robbing banks. Everyone loved the cartoonish gangster thing, but that kind of hurt us a bit when everyone realised we weren't real gangsters. We never said we were. Yeah, we wear suits on stage, so we look sharp, but that's out of respect for our mothers. Oh. So it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah. We're, just, we're looking cool. Sure. And so they did. Mm. Mm. Um, so they didn't dress in, like, Wu-Tang jeans and no, stuff like no, that. They, no, they're always, they're always dressed up on stage and continue to be. So, yeah, it's yeah. Sweet. Scooby Snacks got that cool drum intro. Dum, dum, dum. 
and then the, that throbbing bass line that you know, opens up the start is really awesome. And then on the in the chorus is this got a big guitar hook, so you can melt mosh or you can clap along too. Definitely. Um, and it tells that yeah, it tells that story of robbing a bank and then getting away from cops and getting on a yacht and going to Bermuda. And it's celebrating drug culture. <laughs> so and encouraging you to go and do funny things. Well, not as you're encouraging. Well, they're not discouraging. Not discouraging. No. no. They're you, talking about all the fun stuff you can do whilst you're high. Mm. So they um, so where the Scooby Snacks stuff come from was like they were working at a there was like they owned a club or they were working at a club and they're working at another club or something. But one of the guards was a crazy dude and he'd be giving everyone Valiums. So at least they were all chilled out. He'd hand them around and say, "Does anyone want a Scooby Snack?" That's where we got the idea for the chorus from. What if this dude and some of his <laughs> meathead friends were robbing banks all high on these Scooby Snacks? Oh my gosh. So I'm not amazing. sure I'm not sure they're even like saying these these are cool people doing cool th- like it's kind of weird it's like yeah it kind of is but kind of isn't. Yeah. It's really mm. weird. So if I go to prison you're telling me I get free Valium. Not prison, at club, clubs, not oh, cl- oh, like clubs and clubs. stuff like yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, ven- venues and bars and stuff. Oh, I thought you I thought you were like in a prison system and I was no, just no, like no, no. that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like just like Sorry, yes, no, I said one of the guards. Yeah, um bouncers. Oh, like a bouncer. Rather. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, yeah, I got you that. Did, yeah. You did say guard, I did say one of the guards. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Okay. So no, bouncer will just like chill people out yeah. with the Valium yeah. so that they don't like, piss them off. Mm. Yeah. It's a really good idea. Yeah. Uh Grant, any double tick songs that we haven't touched on yet? Well, I think we sh- I think we need to talk about track 7 and then track 14. Okay. Being the juxtaposition I get, of I can't get with that. And the smooth version of of that. So full, because so, we, this so is full, about rule full confession this. Please. Well, so I've never so that wasn't necessarily a rule, as in a rule that means an album can't be flawless. I just most times actually every time that's come up in the past, it's run something bad for me. But like again, this is I'm sort of nominating this as being flawless from when I was listening to it, and when I was listening to it, I didn't care that it had those sort of that, that it had those sorts of things on it. So it's yeah, and these days I still love listening to both versions when I'm listening to the album all the way through. So for first time listeners, if it's Possibly, if that is even possible, yeah. one of the unwritten rules or pseudo rules that we've had, or, or certainly Liam struggled with, has been a repeat of one's own track yes. upon an album. And certainly, I felt the same way in relation to an earlier episode with Alanis Morissette. I think you might have been the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yet, here we are. So the so first so, so version. So for me, I'm just saying it's the it's I, it doesn't. This is your exception. Yes. Just for you. So for track seven version, which you'll get to first, listeners. Mm-hmm. This is the one that's like a bit more of like the whole Jurassic Five style, mm-hmm. sitting on the step, chilled, um, effects on guitars and keys. I think. Yeah. Um, there's a guitar solo. It's actually good. So you're like awesome. Santana-ish. Is yeah. Actually what I yeah. Big guitar solo, solo at the end. Yeah. Um, and it, yeah. So it actually fits in well. And the solo continues all the way through to the outro fade. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really cool. So that's like going. I'm quite accomplished, but I don't need to do it all the time. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Good. So, I like that. Here so we are. It opens <laughs> with, it opens with a really retro-sounding sample. Um, Old school. Yes, that comes from a porno tape called Same Time Every Year. Um, and if you listen to the beginning of the tape, it's like a sex scene recorded outside. So they just... Okay. Yeah, it's like an old vintage old... And obviously the equipment wasn't so great. So that's why you can sort of hear that layered... You know, you, you can hear a okay. bit of fuzz over the top yeah. of it, that sort of thing. Because like, the audio equipment for recording it wasn't... When they recorded the original, it wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so it, it does that, have um, cool lyrics in it. Mm-hmm. And my friend, 2020 is hindsight. And I thought, yeah, I've been there. You think you're on the and, right and side. And not the right. And it's not talking about the year 2020, either. No. No, 2020 vision. Yeah. Which I think some of that stuff comes from his time in the military would have been mm. as well. Like I think he probably thought military was going to be a cool time and then it turned out it wasn't so great. And, and in a later track, he calls up 2020 hindsight mm-hmm. again. Like mm-hmm. it's a thing. So in two different tracks, he talks about it. But um, yeah. So that's I, another one where he's talking about people as well, like being controlled by the government, that sort of stuff. So he talks mm-hmm. about, the, yeah, they divert the issues to misuse the peoples. Yeah. Um, how are yeah. we going to vote them out when the wingtips got it locked up? So basically elections don't matter because you're picking the between two people who are doing the same thing. 
the same kind of business people and wingtip shoes and that sort of stuff. So then, same song, track fourteen. Same song, second verse. But um, <laughs> different style, so mm. you don't know at first. Like, if you haven't recognised the track title, yeah, um, there's like speaking in the studio, mm. really long intro, twiddling, and trumpet comes in at one minute, and guitar effects are there, and they're all wobbly, and then you're like, hold on a second, <laughs> I've heard this one before, yeah, <laughs> so. Um, Leo. Yes. It's just super slow jazz blues hall mm-hmm. version. Like you can see yes. yourself sitting in a dark lounge drinking the a And then yeah. um, Coney Island Girl, which was the last song on one of the bonus editions of one of the other albums, um, there's a Coney Island Girl schmooze version. Okay. Uh-huh. So they take that from a one minute 26 rocker into like a five minute slow jazz, just really cool slow burn stuff. It's really awesome. So I think yeah, the schmooze version is there. The label for when they just like when it's gonna blues it up, you know, jazz it up. Yeah. Are any of them Spanish or Latino? Um, I think Huey Morgan is. Cause like Spanish Book guitar. Ended that Coney Island girl song, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like Spanish guitar. Oh yeah, the flamenco sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Open yeah. and close. And then with that one, the drummer on the album was Steve Borgovini. Oh, so he's probably Italian more than Latino. I think so. But yeah. Um, but the, there was just Spanish influences yes. across the album, and mm-hmm. it, like, um, which I think also puts in mind of like Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, yeah, and his working sure. part, partnership and that sort of stuff. Like a lot yeah. of Quentin Tarantino stuff has that flamenco, Latino influence on it as well, which is yeah, it can be very cool. Yep, that's cool. And confine yourself, mm-hmm. slow and sultry. Yep. Feels like trying to empower yourself or others in some way. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of like what I was, um, and I wasn't expecting it. There was a cerebral line, so I must have guessed from the UN thing in track one. Yeah. Um, but um, he said he like references and um, not being relating to Kerouac, the writer, mm-hmm. and going with Dostoevsky. Got that one. Nice. Yeah. Name yeah. drop, a little... Yeah, a little name drop, a little, in, little intellectual name course. drop. Not, not a gangster name drop, a little intellectual no. name drop. Wow, like that's a... Um, so yeah, so too. that was written by Steve Borgovini. He wrote that and Bear Hug, which we'll talk about in a second. Mm. Um, and yeah, so he wrote that song. He was involved in Brian's techno group, Moses on Acid, and all the original demos for this album mixed to the Dat Tapes. Steve-O has those, and when they kicked him out of the band... They did the wrong thing. Instead of going, hey, Steve, can we have those dat tapes and then kick him out of the band? They kicked him out of the band and then said, now can we have those dat tapes that we recorded all the sample stuff? And uh-huh. Steve, uh, Grant's just flipped me the bird or flipped the bird <laughs> slightly to the side of me. Yeah. That, that is what Steve said to those. He said, fuck you. You ain't never getting those dats. Fair enough. And the, the drum performance is really front and center on that song. Like it's like the bongos and the drums mm-hmm. really lead it. I love the trumpet in this one because it's, it's like you're walking down an alleyway late at night and the trumpet's like being played in some building like up there. Like it's not, it's almost like it's not in the studio with the rest of them. It's kind of like up in this distance and you can hear it, but it's not like being played to you. It's kind of just like setting an atmosphere across the whole thing, which I really love. That's cool. Um, and then, yeah, Bear Hug. Gang We've got vocal. the crazy crew. We've got the crazy crew. <laughs> Big kiss. This blues. is them stepping up, yeah. showing you what they and got. And throaty. <laughs> like... Huh? He wow. was Huey was sick that day. He came, he came in well, with that with go. that voice and was like, yes. I can't fucking record, listen to my voice. Yeah. And they were all like, Okay, so I guess we do bear hug. And he was like, Fuck yeah. So wow. you, you listen okay. this is like you know, Well that makes more sense. We've been sick before and we've had to call off the podcast because we've had raspy voices and mm. stuff. And it turns out I should have just gone, No, fucking no. we're gonna do it. Let's do it. Anyway. It becomes part of our history. Yeah. Got a great lyric in it though. Know the game, don't be ashamed of once you came. Me. I'd rather have money than fame. Yeah, nice. So that's that little bridging lyric through to yeah. the final chorus. Um, but then another one, another this is another fun lyric. Um, so this is a song about how people like they they own their neighborhood and if people try to come at them in their neighborhood, they'll be like, nah, this is out, you know, where yeah. the boys, this is our neighborhood. You can play them games, but don't play them in my park. I'll spill a wild bill before you get out your town car. Ranting and raving, claiming you're armed. I'll do the hit myself and then eat a chicken palm. 
just <laughs> yeah. Like, I won't. I won't stress about it at all. I'm just going to go over to the to the bar afterwards and just yeah. eat, eat a eat a chicken climbing. Quite a few times that he's going to do something nefarious and mm. then finish it with food. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, it could be hungrier. Yeah, after hungry that business. Sort of excitement. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's fine. We're well. we're running short of time here. We've we been going for a while. Did anyone have any last thoughts before we before I give my final pitch? So um, smoke them. Mm-hmm. Um, that sweet, Smoking slow, crucifix strumming or whatever. Sounds mm. romantic, but is it really? Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a, just a line in it that I just thought was just fun, which is... And I'm just like <laughs> thinking, listening to that, just going, I like that so much. You've got a guitar, drugs, and guns. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, these are the items you've chosen to leave your apartment with today and write a song about. Like, that yeah. <laughs> just made me laugh. So, um, yeah, that's what I enjoyed in Smoke On. And that jazzy bit mm-hmm. uh, in the outro. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really super fun. cool. So, that's what, that's what I have to say. Awesome. Grant, anything else you want to hit on before I do my final pitch? Double tick for We Have All the Time in the World. Yeah, nice. I really Hal, liked Hal, it. Hal David song. Um, so that was one where EMI told them they had to put a cover on the album. Yeah. And they were like, fuck you, record label. We don't do what you tell. You, know, you can't tell us what to do. And then they heard, because it's a James Bond song. And he um, and they were like, oh, actually, we really like this song. We think we could do a cool version of it. Can we <laughs> do that? And they're like, yeah, okay. So that yeah, they did that. So they were forced to do a cover. Yes. And stick it on, stick it on the album. And this is, and sorry, another one of your rules. Yes. Yes. Well, no, I don't. I'm not against no. covers. He it's was, it's covers where it's too far away from what the style of the actual band the whole is, album, or, which I don't, yeah. which I don't think mm-hmm. this one is. Mm-hmm. So it was a James Bond theme, and it was uh, originally sung by Louis Armstrong. Wow. It came from. It was the secondary musical theme from On Her Majesty's Secret Service. Okay. So it wasn't the lead song of, of that. No, it was, no. Any, oh. so it would have been yeah. like the second song. Sure, yeah. Imagine taking a Louis Armstrong song and going, it's ah, very we'll, brave, we'll put you second. Well, or even like on, no. the, on the James Bond album, yeah, who correct. goes, like, oh, we, don't, we don't want this one. We'll have this no, instrument. No, thanks, Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Number second. two, Louis. Number yeah. two. Um, Jeez, you run her up. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, I think um, it's time for Grant and I to pass over to Liam. Yes. For his final pitch on Fun Loving Criminals. Mm. So yeah, like like we've discussed, it does break a few of the things that I've I won't call them rules, but the things that I've used in the past to disqualify others from being flaw, from being flawless, which I think just goes to prove that you can do those things, and if you find a if you find the right way to do them, then I'll still think something is flawless. But also, I can't really tell because this is an album that I've loved and thought was you know amazing and listened to all the way through from when I was really young, and I wasn't you know young in quote marks eighteen, like. If I'd listened, if if I had listened to it for the first time today, would I think those things were disqualifying? Maybe, but that's why it was important to have those two on the end because I don't think Methodonia is like when I was looking at it, going, "Oh, okay, so the album itself normally ends on Methodonia." I could nominate it up to that, but that's not the one I loved. That's not the one I listened to growing up when I loved, fell in love with the album. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Methodonia is a super strong ending. I think you need a Coney Island girl style banger puncher to to finish off the album. Um, so yeah, it's this beautiful smashing together of styles, stuff that really shouldn't work. So it's like rock, funk, soul, jazz, blues, and then they wind hip hop as a sort of a layer all over the top of it. Um, it's meaningful and personal, but also fun and very funny. Like I said, let line never take myself too seriously. Fat birds don't fly is just that perfect motto. It's irreverent without being super snarky. It doesn't try to make you think that it's cool. It's just going to be here I am, and that kind of makes it cool. Um, it pokes fun at power and is generally all around a good time which is why I think Come Find Yourself by the Fun Loving Criminals is flawless. Awesome. George. Hello. Final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Okay, so um, when you nominated it, I just kind of thought to myself, oh my God, this is such a Liam thing to nominate. Um, did you? I really did. I think I about... it was outside my wheelhouse. No. I would have thought it was a bit outside I was well. thinking era-wise. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Mid-90s. Yeah, yeah. Late 90s. Yeah. yeah. And I was totally. thinking about like the... Um, saturation effect of mm-hmm. some of uh, fun loving criminals at the time i was like yeah okay this makes sense that liam would nominate this and also um i wonder i wondered like what it was about it that you liked because it's not something for kate mm-hmm. so um it definitely is not have we gone i'd be interested to know whether have we gone a whole 
how many episodes would not reference something for Kate? That's been I a while. I, I wasn't going to. It wasn't I you. Wasn't, I wasn't no, going to. I would, I would not have. There's no reason. It's just a thing. So I put it on going, this is going to be fun to reminisce to because like, yeah. great memories of being a teenager and hanging out with the cool kids and like listening to this record and stuff. So that was Tagging things, maybe. Yeah. And it stood up like to way more than I expected when I started actually getting into it, into some of the more poignant lyrics the tongue-in-cheek, the politics, the relationships, and um, living up to their name of being fun-loving criminals. And, like, the way they've, like, positioned themselves, named themselves, everything is built around this perfect brand, mm -hmm. and including their music videos. Yeah. So I think they've done a cracking job of doing that. Um, so um, I didn't actually carry on listening to their stuff. Um, I just remember listening to this in other people's places um, and I didn't own it. So um, I didn't love We Have All the Time in the World. Okay. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm like a jazzy person, um, but I can see that if EMI forced them to do it, they had to do it. Um, but and it was a good song to choose. Um, but it just didn't fit between King of New York and Bear Hug for me because Bear Hug is like big mm. gang vocals. That's and fair. King yeah. of New York is drums and funk and yeah, stuff like, like that. Yeah, they're very too aggressive tracks. Too aggr and then suddenly you're like transformed into a, this cover and it's such a recognisable cover as well. So um, I didn't love that. And um, I, again... In the reason that you would have expected, I can't get with that. Pick one for the album <laughs> and pick one for a B-side. Yeah. And, like, do yeah. the cover for the B-side. So that that's that's almost on me because it's a special edition. It's not supposed to be there. The album is supposed to end on Methadone. Yeah, yeah. But we've played it all the way through that it's the version I nominate that I call <laughs> for. So that's almost more on me than it is on the band. But yeah, that's but, totally fair. But I genuinely thought to myself... If it ended on Methodonia, I would not have thought that was a good ending mm. either. Yeah, so I agree. I would, yeah, so I would have liked them to like swap with um, like crime and punishment and end on that or something and have like a real like political thing mm -hmm. to end on. Um, so I don't think the Methodonia ending would have worked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I needed them to pick one version of their own song. <laughs> um, but sadly, I didn't agree with their cover either. But sure. I can see that they were forced, and at the time, there was a structure you put in an album. Yeah. So I can't give it flawless, but I can say, Liam, I think you're a lot cooler now. <laughs> oh, but he was cool before, man. I know, but cooler. No, he's got colder. Oh, is it you cold. think I'm cooler for liking this album? For liking yeah. Cool. I, like this album. Okay. Awesome. I think you are. I thought you were thinking I'm cooler now than I was when I was 18, which is, I think, also probably true. And that's true. also true. Also true, probably. but thank you very much. No, but I think you're, like, you nominating this album, I thought this, I was just like, okay, that is a really cool record for mm -hmm. Liam to choose. And, um, yeah, I just got really excited about it. Awesome. So, thank you. Cool. Grant, final thoughts and a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thank you, Liam. Thank you for bringing the album. And I had a great time listening to this because there are pieces of my, fragments of my past that were mm -hmm. like, oh, wow, awesome. Um, and I, I, I struggled with, at the time, mind you, Bear Hug, which I know okay. you've told me about. His throat was raspy. Yeah. <laughs> but then it grew on me, and I actually didn't mind. I've got double ticks for, for Kings of New York through to all, all the time in the world and enjoyed Bear Hug. What... Um, what and I came into this, not I came into this undecided around mm -hmm. how do I feel, which is not off, often. I'm like, this is locked down. Good, yeah. yeah, it's locked down. Um, and the reason I came in undecided was because of Coney Island Girl, and how we've gone from method. I don't mind. You know, I think it's got great. It's, the, the flow and the ebb and flow of it is great, and we get to. Um, I can't get with that second version. Still, I'm actually cool with it, and I'm cool because. Liam's actually like, yeah, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we get Kanye and you got the Spanish thing, and it and it goes, and it's an hour. Th I'm sorry, what, minute thirty three or something, yeah, thirty nine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and dovetail with the Spanish intro, Spanish exit. And I was like, really? But if you're listening to it on repeat on a compact disc player, 
this is cool, right? <laughs> because you go straight into fun-loving criminals. And so for that reason, I'm going to say yes. Nice. It is <laughs> for me. I, I, do, I really I enjoyed it. And, um, and I think for the reasons you described, it pokes fun at things. It's got a problem with authority. Um, they don't take themselves too seriously because we all know yeah. <laughs> no fat birds don't fly, whatever it is. So I'll say thank you for bringing it. It's really cool and um, flawless from my side. Awesome. Thank you very much. Well, yeah, I'm glad you both listened to it. I'm, I was actually kind of looking to see. I thought one of you might never have heard of anything from them before and that might be this might be your first introduction to them. So that's cool. Thank you very much for your thoughts. Cool beans. And thank, thank you, you, everyone, for listening. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We are Flawless AMP on all of those, so you can join the conversation, share or like our posts, and give us a rating. Every little bit helps us find more music lovers like you. As mentioned, we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash flawlessamp. If you'd like to back us, please check that out. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time. Music